What's going on, my brothers and sisters, aunties and uncles, monks, Kabbalists, wizards, mystics, sons and daughters of God. Welcome to Mr. Woo Woo. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Mr. Woo Woo podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Bermay. Thank you very much for joining us. I know you're busy right now this time of year. Starting to get cold and wet and rainy out there. Um, thankfully, it didn't on this this last couple of days because I just got back from camping and it was divine. Absolutely divine. How long has it been? How long has it been since you unplugged from the phone, from your work activity, service, even from some of the more needier members of your family and just went out into nature posted up your tent and listen to your inner self listen to the god of nature whispering to you all kinds of secrets i get such great inspiration when i'm out in nature how about you ah just go look at the waves go where there's trees and less people and your mind you'll you'll notice it just slowly starts to revolve inward and give you all the insights you've been looking for that you've been scrambling in an outward manner to try to acquire it generally doesn't happen unless you're in a state of stillness and receptivity and that's why monks and yogis for centuries would go out into the woods to get their their insights it's raining out here in San Diego for the first time in a while I welcome it I welcome a really nice wet precipitation hopefully our governor won't dump all of our fresh water back into the ocean like he did last time creating our water crisis but i'm sure he's learned from his his foray into loss but i was thinking about water in general and there's a bunch of movies you know whether it's uh, wakanda forever or avatar everything seems to be revolving around an identity with water and i thought about our journey as human beings our spiritual journey and um I realized that water, its entire cycle, is symbolic of the human condition. It's symbolic of our soul's journey. We gather in a cloud, collective consciousness. We allow density to form as we individualize as a water droplet and condense ourselves into a lower dimensionality. And we fall. We fall long and we fall hard, either is snow if we're really frigid or water if we're, we're down to flow from the get-go the soul's journey through space time and dimensions perfectly personify that our soul falls onto the earth and then it runs a course after it's densified it runs a course that we could call an incarnation or a series of lives and we merge and stream with other droplets, seemingly individualistic, seemingly running their own course, but really we're all just we're all just water. I don't know if the droplets are aware of that. And then during the course of its incarnations, it'll either be absorbed into a form, an organic life form, like a tree, and become part of its experience. Or It'll 
eventually pool in a large enough body and we ascend we evaporate into form once more to join that cloud to join that collective consciousness and hopefully we share like with that collective what it was like to individuate and then to then to run and to run downhill and stream before becoming spirit once more and evaporating again under the sun's divine touch the sun drives everything but we're just that water and we are still that we're just basically we carry it around in a, a skin bag and we use uh, scaffolding and construction called bones but we are that water we gotta ask ourselves are we pure have we taken on the collective experience of all of the blocks that other water has experienced have we taken on the coloration of our environment or have we stayed pristine and pure I was just drinking water at my home and, and thinking about the many, many lives that could have lived on this earth even if you were a pharaoh or an emperor in human form we've never had access to water this pure I actually get my water from a place called like the water store here in Pacific Beach and it's been purified many times ionized run through crystals <laughs> sounds pretty new agey but it's when you taste this water and you really think about even well even our shitty tap water that's been poisoned with um, you know fluoride keep your, your teeth sparkling but will make your make your body toxic over time when I drink the water that we have it almost tastes like what I what wine used to taste like to me because I think about worldwide how few people actually have access to clean drinking water that doesn't have particulate matter in it that doesn't have other people's waste in it or even the waste of nature absolutely pristine and pure so when you drink water today out of that water bottle or whatever you're doing especially if it's not tap thank thank spirit that you get to drink the purest water that a human being has probably gotten to drink in 14,000 years or more it's a beautiful thing it's a beautiful thing we're drinking ourselves water has all that intelligence if you doubt that it does read uh, Dr. Emoto's work Messages in Water it has memory it remembers your emotion it remembers your consciousness when you're holding it so even before you drink water thank the water for being pure that we don't have to desalinize it or boil it so it's a truly a miracle there's a lot going on in the world today right now you know as I come back into San Diego I've been dealing with the yeah, not so harsh but semi-annoying aspects of the world and collective consciousness makes me grateful absolutely grateful that I have the knowledge that I have that I know that my mind creates reality and attracts to me what I want and repels from me what I don't want do you remember that you have that power are you focusing on only what you desire because whatever you give your attention to metaphysically is being drawn to you and being qualified by what you're thinking about every single time that you think about something going wrong it's like you're adding a few 
drops of pee to an otherwise delicious martini. You might not taste it at first, but eventually it's going to overpower the vermouth. So if you get an opportunity today, remember, oh, the power of my attention creates my reality because I'm going to think about whatever I put my attention on. My thinking faculty of remembering, imagining, or simply evaluating and observing. All of that is going to be based on what I give my attention to. So if you give your attention to the wars that are happening worldwide, or your sense of lack, or either other people's sense of lack, just know in that moment you're being invited to stop doing that because you're going to think about that lack. And then quite unfortunately, it's going to translate into your life as experience. It's the law. That's what they call the law of attraction. Your attention is the tractor beam. And you're going to qualify things with your thoughts. So give it an opportunity. Take the opportunity today to take that laser beam of attention and place it on things that make you happy. Even if you have to count out 10 of them, 10 memories, or 10 fantasies that bring you joy, as long as those fantasies don't include the harm of some other person or some other aspect of creation, you're golden. You're good to go. Daydreaming actually becomes a very powerful creative force. And if you especially know that your attention is doing it, then it even becomes that more so. If you know your attention and if you become a conscious participant in the selection of your thoughts, you don't have to get rid of thoughts. Just select thoughts, like a catalog. Like if you got a brand new Hamaker Schlemmer catalog, which I love so much, shout out to them with their 174 years of immaculate products. You just leaf through it, things like a wish list of things that you would want. The source of creation is waiting to give those things to you. It can't if you don't place your attention on what you want. If you place your attention on what you don't want, like a kitchen chef, it will take those shitty dishes right to your table and there's your shit sandwich that you didn't have to have your attention is what the the waiter that is your soul is always attending to you we were just never taught especially americans we were always taught to like focus on the problems so we can solve the problems not knowing that our attention on problem would create yet another problem even if that one got resolved you're in this endless cycle of creating problems and solving them. Let's jump out of that. Let's let's take the opportunity this fall that we shall not fall, that we're simply autumn. There's no fall, just autumn. And that we will rise even as everything's starting to condense with coldness and contract inward. Let's use this opportunity to to skim the top of the of whatever's floating at the surface. Because that happens a lot during these times in the fall. I think that's honestly why they call it the fall, is we the subconscious problems that we've still had long standing. They arise like crazy during these times. So we can address them and disidentify from them. That's who and what we are. We aren't the contents of our consciousness and mind. We are our consciousness. We are that which is aware of those contents. But we didn't identify with them. 
We needn't identify with our past, with our traumas, with whatever someone did to us. It only lives in our minds. And every time you dip back into that file and click on it and resummon it, it not only gets stronger, but it starts to spoil everything else around you that could have been going well. It's like you're trying to weave a tapestry and at the end you're pulling out the threads at the bottom just because we aren't able to, to keep focused on those wonderful things. Life truly can be Christmas. Every day. And at the end of Scrooge, when Bill Murray is running around kissing everybody and all the people he did wrong, he, he truly meant that I can, I can maintain this sense of the mass of Christ, of a connection to your spiritual soul. And then everything just tends to work. Every day can be Christmas. Coincidentally, my other favorite holiday movie, uh, Elf, absolutely has the same correlative. Every day is Christmas. Every day can be a, a wonderment, or it could be the same job, the same cast of characters at home, and the same problems that follow you around, or allegedly follow you around every day. They also only exist in your mind. They're not existential. But how you feel about them, what you think about them, tends to create the outcome of what they'll be when they finally interact with you. You can, you can fret about the thing, or you can feel absolutely confident that everything's going to work out. It'll still be in the same scenario. And if you have a higher vibration about said scenario, even if it might even be threatening or pose a possibility of loss to you, if you could smile through it, your outcome will be better than if you fret at it or get pissed off or want to take revenge or whatever the ego wants to do as far as its buffet of negativity that has been shoveling down your throat for your entire life. It's been doing that for my entire life. I love the breaks that I get from my ego, which, which still exists. I'm still hammering away at that part of myself, either trying to disintegrate it, annihilate it, integrate it, whatever it is, that the source of creation intended for us to do. I am trying my hardest to get rid of my or integrate or realize that the separate self isn't even who I am or isn't even a real thing. That simply whatever we call I am is the only thing that ever is or ever was or ever has any power. But when you're not focused on that, your fake individuated consciousness will rise up and it will try to ruin your show it rarely has something positive to say. In fact, I don't think it ever has. It's never said to you, you're so beautiful. It's never said to you, I'm proud of you or you're good enough. It waits for the outer world to say that and it keeps you waiting. You could tell yourself right now, I am beautiful and it's true. It's absolutely true. You could say, I'm enough. I love and accept myself. It's absolutely true. You are love. And love accepts everything. You can say thank you to absolutely nothing and you will benefit. Just thank you for being alive. Thank you for three musketeer chocolate bars. Kids are good at asking, you know. Thank you for that. It's been like a, a tremendously intense spiritual week. I hope it also has been for you. 
there's just so much going on in the world so many revelations uh, I just found out today from multiple sources online that the entire lockdowns all the lockdowns that we experienced on behalf of COVID not founded in science absolutely unnecessary and those that had locked us all down and destroyed 30 to 40 percent of personal businesses small businesses while trillions went to the upper one percent of the one percent people closing down multi-generational stores and businesses they were like yeah our bad we didn't need to do that yeah just just be real graceful to us and uh, i had a hard time i had a hard time to be honest think about grace or happiness toward those that unnecessarily destroyed our economy and put us in a not only full recession but simultaneously record inflation and now they're seeking that we forget or certainly that we forgive on a spiritual plane I absolutely can forgive that absolutely I don't know what kind of mechanisms or mechanizations that need to occur to hold those accountable and responsible for who did, but people are scrambling. They're scrambling because they know the reckoning is coming. The Death Eaters are rounded up. They're in the Great Hall getting their asses handed to them by Dumbledore's army. And I don't know how forgiving that army is going to be. We the people have been under massive assault, not only in America, but around the world. The curtailing of speech with big tech has just been found out by a shout out to Elon Musk for paying a handsome penny for Twitter to realize most of those folks are bots. Most of what we thought was real is not real, kids. Almost everything you were told by a government entity or a tech platform has been complete bullshit. And now everybody's going to eat that bullshit unless you don't or refuse to the the waiter is always taking your order <laughs> no need to be lumped in with that drama that drama is going to unfold and that house of cards is falling it's getting smashed on right now and some of us take great joy in watching the bad guy in the movie get its ass handed to him or her though if you really think about it, if we take too much joy from that comeuppance, we might find ourselves swept up in the consequences of that thing or that thing ended up happening to us. So do your best to not be too gloating. If you didn't participate in a worldwide experiment, the apologies are coming in. The premier from Canada just gave a massive apology to the unvaccinated their number one cause of death in Alberta right now is unknown cause of death. But I get the feeling they're starting to realize what's causing it. She just apologized to everybody and declared that the World Economic Forum could go fuck itself. Klaus Schwab could shove his own garter belt and panties in his own mouth, she says, metaphorically, of course. And we're not having any World Economic Forum influence here anymore, even though he proudly stated that They've already infiltrated multiple cabinets, multiple prime ministers and presidents are under this guy's thumb. But not there. New York City is having to pay a lot of back pay to everyone that they dismissed. So realizing 
didn't stop the spread under Pfizer's own admissions. And PayPal, I think we, we discussed on a previous episode, committing absolute corporate suicide. That $2,500 fine that they were going to divvy out to people for espousing misinformation according to them, they actually snuck it back in their user agreement after taking $6 billion in losses. They actually still went forward with it and doubled down. Evil is so stupid. It's so fucking stupid. Thank God that we're not evil. It has nothing to do with us at all. We could focus on our desires, our highest health, and for that of our families. We could focus on our dream homes, the way that we can give service to all of humankind. It's absolutely fantastic. I just want to praise all of you and thank all of you for being so powerful during these these challenging times. There's even there's even stories breaking that I've been following for like like a week. They're talking about like the end of uh like they're running out of diesel fuel on the East Coast. And then I think no one is going to hear about this stuff and then within days I see it on like Tim Pool's podcast Timcast, which is fantastic. You should subscribe to it. If you're looking for like legitimate information, information that's like up to date and isn't tainted by, shall we say, corporate interests, Timcast is fantastic. Jimmy Dore Show on YouTube and the Kim Iverson Show. You want straight up actual journalism. And Jimmy Dore is a comedian by trade. He does better journalism and better investigative analysis and reporting than pretty much every newspaper and every single uh, every single newscast. So fantastic and oftentimes funny uh, analysis of what's going on. Russell Brand also, one of my white whales who I'd love to interview for this podcast. If you're ever listening, Russell, you're the shit. I would love to have you on. Uh, but yeah, I just kind of fired up. I'm really fired up even though it's a cool time. You know, even though everything is water. I'm just trying to flow with everything too. I, uh, when I was camping, I, I for s- no reason whatsoever, I, I looked up this um, this speech uh, that Charlie Chaplin gave. In the, it's in the movie called uh, The Great Dictator or something like that. It's like in the 1941. And I'd forgotten about it, but when I heard this speech the first time, I uh, I cried. Like tears came to my eyes. I felt my chest constrict. My throat got tight because of the power of this man's words and what he was saying. And I think in the movie, he's like pretending to be a dictator, but like he finally gets put on the spot and has to be, give a great speech to everybody. And he's dressed like as usual, he has a little Hitler mustache and stuff like that. But what he says uh, moved me so much that, uh, I still, I'm every single time I, I was listening with my, my wife and I played it like four times and each of the times I felt that same reaction. And I think it's because we got an election coming up and we've been st- like, everyone's been stolen from unnecessarily. Our businesses have been ruined. Our children, their education have, has gone to shit. 
Like we're at the lowest low that we've that Americans have experienced in generations. And one could say it's the ridiculous policies or the philosophies that have been bandied about the last several years about who we are and what this country represents. But I just love love this country so much. I love America. I love California. I love San Diego. And they have not been run by people that serve the light. Not these last several years. And now the reverb's about to happen. The consequences are about to come due. And I hope, beyond hope, that we maintain a greater sense of compassion, self-awareness, and, uh, and humor um, about ourselves. So I'm going to play this, this, uh, this speech for you. But first off, I do want to kind of comment on, on Elon Musk buying Twitter. I've been praying for this for a long time. Because I've known, I've noticed that the same uh, beings and entities that kind of control all the pharmaceutical stuff and the entire rhetoric, those same companies own all of the social media companies or a majority stake in it. Or foreign people, foreign countries own a large share of what we could say Twitter or Facebook and they have actual pull, actual communist or kingdoms even we won't have to mention the names they own and they do not have free speech they have sway and control over the platforms of communication that we have and america has by far the best free speech you could say anything in america so far and you can't be put in in jail or prison for it except for you know the whole you know oh it's a you know can't shout fire in a theater all that but we could talk shit about whatever political thing that we want. And that got usurped for the first time in the last two years. And when you trace it back to why, it's because the entities that can like figured out that, that control this planet figured out, oh, if I have a controlling stake in YouTube, Facebook, um, uh, Twitter, these platforms, then we can curtail free speech and then we can manipulate the law of attraction and minds of the people that are participating on it because most of them are participating mindlessly on there. They don't know their minds are creating the reality. So Zuckerberg's doing that for them. And Elon just exposed the collusion with the federal government with, with these platforms. They have proof. They have evidence now. It's going to be really interesting to see where this, where this goes. I might actually start using Twitter now and talk all kinds of unnecessary shit to all kinds of people that hate hearing the truth. And I'm very excited about that. I love free speech. I support all free speech. I don't care if it's hateful. I don't care if it's annoying. I don't care if it's spiteful. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. I think censorship is the worst form of tyranny that you can have. And it's the tool that every tyrannical government or any tyrannical um, regime has ever used in order to control the people. When people are able to talk freely, the people rule. When they aren't, then the forces that control the governments, in this case corporations, rule. And you lose your sovereignty. So we're not going to let that happen. I'd like to thank Elon Musk for taking over and purging all the bullshit connected with that website. I'm very excited to see where that goes. Also, if you're a video user, you can go to Rumble. They have uncensored videos on that platform because they 
actually support free expression, the free expression of humankind. There's always the moniker, if you don't like it, don't watch it, don't listen to it, tune out. That's for somebody else. You know, it's people think I talk way too much when it comes to these things. But when I was a boy, a little boy, I was, I really, I couldn't stand racists. And I mean people that are avowed racists, not like the shit your grandma or grandpa would say under their breath. I'm talking people that join large groups and, and wear, you know, the whole outfit. I hated the Ku Klux Klan. I hated the people in there because I thought, how could people be so brazen about their hate? And I saw a, a, a Ku Klux Klan march on television and I asked my parents, I said, I, I noticed they're, they're marching there. Why are the police like, like next to them? And oftentimes, just out of sheer irony, most of them would be black folks. It'd be black police, African-American. And she said, you know, even in America, even when you're gathering publicly to hate, America is so free that you can be given a permit to go hate in public and spout your hate to any idiot that wants to actually come listen to it if they're not there mocking it, but that the police themselves, some of them the targets of that hate, would go to protect their First Amendment rights to be that fucking ignorant and stupid and disgusting. I liked it because A, I could see the racism right there in front of my face. They're not hiding. That asshole is racist. There he is. Even if he's hiding under a hood, he's, they're usually too stupid to keep them on. They go, oh, that's his face. That guy's letting the whole world know that he's a piece of shit. Or at least programmed by his racist grandparents and you know environment and parents. But there he is. And I can see it right in front of me. And I was like, wow, it takes a lot of courage to be that hateful and be in the minority that much. But I thought, what a great country that the police would go to protect them from people that hate them. How amazing. How amazing that people are protected to be ignorant. That there isn't someone or something policing that. Because someone policing that doesn't know any fucking better anyway. They're just a little hall monitor bitch that wants to shut your mouth. Because your opinion and what you represent makes them uncomfortable. Well, what I love in America is too fucking bad. You don't like it, fuck off. Their ignorance is for all to see and smell. You, that's great. You, you know that that's shitty. You don't have to participate in that. You can point at that to your children and be like, look at how gross and disgusting that is. You don't need news commentators to do it. You can do it. It's there for us all to see and smell. That's terrible. And that's okay. It's worse to suppress that voice that adds validation mystique to that no let it all air out let that public record be known it's permanent twitter's practically permanent the the internet's permanent even you, though you delete the tweet someone could have taken a picture i absolutely want someone if they're racist or dumb to let that out let it know let it be known don't suppress that voice we have a right to hate it's an emotion that humans have you have a right to, to hate people, groups, concepts. And I would never advocate that, that your intense disgust or dislike, because even that word hate has been bandied about so much. And it, be, and it came back to like, when people go, you're such a hater. 
you know, when you can imagine who's given that voice. You're such a hater. Just because you're saying you don't like something, resonate with something, or even you might find something disgusting. People would take it to that level 10 and say, you hate. No, bitch. It isn't hate. No, motherfucker, it isn't hate. Hate is burning a cross on your front lawn. Hate is dragging someone through the woods because they had the balls to, to talk to someone of the opposite, just talk to the opposite race. I'm going to drag them to death through the fucking woods behind a truck. That is hate. You candy ass motherfuckers. That is hate, dude. You hater. No, just because you intensely dislike something, don't resonate with it, doesn't resonate with your belief systems, or you even find it revolting or disgusting does not mean you hate. Hate is wanting the absolute destruction of something or someone. That is level 10. That is hate. And, and it has no power next to love. The love of those police officers was 100,000 times stronger than the hate of the morons that they were escorting down the streets of, I'm guessing, Georgia or Alabama or something. Probably Alabama. So when you think about censorship, when you think about shutting other people up, dude, if you're right, if you're right, you shouldn't fear a debate. You should be able to crush the debate. If you're correct, you'll be armed with facts, not anecdotes and your feelings. If you're right, you shouldn't fear a debate. You should be like, come on, come one, come all. Nah, we got to, it's dangerous. Yeah, prove it. Prove it. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Americans need to have a lot of very hard, very uncomfortable conversations with family and friends and definitely with the people that claim to be our representatives, these leaders. I don't want a leader. We're the leaders. I want representatives, people that represent the will that we're telling you to do and vote. That's how Americans work. They work for us. The tech companies work for us, not the shareholders, us. And if they can't promote or guarantee free speech, then they're not worth shit. And you should abandon them because free speech is the greatest, probably the greatest liberty we've ever been given. We've already gotten our right to gather, taken from us pretty much. Yeah, yeah, let's see your permit. Fuck a permit, dude. We're gathering. That's how it is. Well, and shout out to Canada and their, their investigations right now in that matter. So right now I'm going to play Charlie Chaplin's speech for you. I'm going to probably play it pretty often. Not only leading up to this uh, voting election cycle, but probably for the rest of the duration of this podcast because it's the greatest speech I've ever heard. And until it isn't poignant, I'll play this speech. Until America is totally free again and our representatives representing us instead of their corporate masters, then I'm going to keep playing it and putting that out there to all of your ears, to all of your souls, to let you know that you are free. Here's Charlie Chaplin laying it down. I'm sorry, but I don't want to be a, an emperor. That's not my business. I don't want to rule or conquer anyone. I should like to help everyone if possible. Jew, Gentile, black man, white. We all want to help one another. Human beings are like that. We want to live by each other's happiness, not by each other's misery. We don't want to hate and despise one another. 
In this world, there's room for everyone, and the good earth is rich and can provide for everyone. The way of life can be free and beautiful, but we have lost the way. Greed has poisoned men's souls, has barricaded the world with hate, has goose-stepped us into misery and bloodshed. We have developed speed, but we have shut ourselves in. Machinery that gives abundance has left us in want. Our knowledge has made us cynical, our cleverness hard and unkind. We think too much and feel too little. More than machinery, we need humanity. More than cleverness, we need kindness and gentleness. Without these qualities, life will be violent and all will be lost. The aeroplane and the radio have brought us closer together. The very nature of these inventions cries out for the goodness in men, cries out for universal brotherhood, for the unity of us all. Even now, my voice is reaching millions throughout the world, millions of despairing men, women, and little children, victims of a system that makes men torture and imprison innocent people. To those who can hear me, I say, do not despair. The misery that is now upon us is but the passing of greed, the bitterness of men who fear the way of human progress. The hate of men will pass and dictators die, and the power they took from the people will return to the people, and so long as men die, liberty will never perish. Soldiers, don't give yourselves to brutes, men who despise you, enslave you, who regiment your lives, tell you what to do, what to think, and what to feel, who drill you, diet you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder. Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men, machine men with machine minds and machine hearts. You are not machines. You are not cattle. You are men. You have the love of humanity in your hearts. You don't hate. Only the unloved hate. The unloved and the unnatural. Soldiers, don't fight for slavery. Fight for liberty. In the 17th chapter of St. Luke, it is written, the kingdom of God is within man. Not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power. The power to create machines. The power to create happiness. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful. To make this life a wonderful adventure. Then, in the name of democracy, let us use that power. Let us all unite. Let us fight for a new world, a decent world that will give men a chance to work, that will give youth a future and old age a security. By the promise of these things, brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill that promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. Now let us fight to fulfill that promise. Let us fight to free the world, to do away with national barriers, to do away with greed, with hate and intolerance. Let us fight for a world of reason. A world where science and progress will lead to all men's happiness. Soldiers, in the name of democracy, let us all unite! Hooray indeed. Hooray indeed. Americans are crying out for that liberty right now. We're looking for that that linchpin we all know something's wrong we know they're not listening to us we can make them listen we can make them listen not with shouting in the streets but pouring out our compassion and our love and our dreams just like dr king had a dream we have our dream what do you want for your children and your grandchildren think that far in advance what is the most beautiful the greatest version of America that you can see. Steeped in liberty, temples to every religion erected in a 
perfected. Perfect communication between man and woman. Sound banking. A government that listens. Goodwill between all of our neighbors. What do you see? I see you becoming your spiritual self. I see you becoming your most pleasant self. I see your mind full of peace, your heart full of love, and your activity graceful and poignant. I see you, and I love you. Thank you very much for joining the podcast today. Let's pray not only for ourselves today and sending out our goodwill and thoughts to all, but to our very country. Anytime I see a flag, that's the game I play. I see a flag, I say, God bless America in my mind and in my heart to send that pulse out to the universe. God bless your country. God bless your family. May the source of creation bless everyone in every religion, every path, so we can finally realize that we're one and stop these bitter feuds and pointless wars. We are love because our source is love. We can be nothing other than that. We've only been tricked into the rest. And uh, I love you. If you haven't been feeling the love lately, if you're feeling pain in your body, imbalance emotionally or mentally, if you feel disconnected from your spiritual life, come see me. Come see me in my office in San Diego at www.loveenergetics.com or you can just type my name in Joshua Ramay R-A-M-A-Y and you'll find my website you'll find these podcasts probably find a healing video or two on YouTube and uh, if you're not in San Diego or not going to be there anytime soon I can do everything that I do in person at a distance I can do it over the phone Force Jedi, you know? So anyway, I hope you have an amazing day, an amazing week. Keep your eyes on the prize. Keep it on only that makes you happy and uplifted. And don't worry about if you're going to miss out on some important news. Someone will tell you. Someone will let you know the sky's falling. There's a lot of chicken littles out there. So, yeah. With that note, I'm going to leave it with uh, Captain Picard here. He, uh, he lets it be known best. There are times, sir, when men of good conscience cannot blindly follow orders. The first time any man's freedom is trodden on, we're all damaged. And we've been a little damaged, but damn it, this car body still looks good. Drive it. Get the dings out. Get out into nature, move that water body inside of you, and live your best life. Love you all.